0: Hello everyone. My name is Christian. Welcome back to TechPoint. Today we have a special guest, Cristobal, who is the CEO at Startup Wise Guys. Hello.
1: Hey Christian,
0: how are you? Fantastic. Very nice to have you on the podcast, and thank you for accepting this opportunity. Firstly, please tell us uh, what is Startup Wise Guys.
1: Yeah, well, I think Startup Wise Guys today is probably the most active um, accelerator in Europe and now Africa. Uh, born in 2012. Uh, probably also the longest standing European-based accelerator with obviously always global ambitions, investing so far in 420 startups. Over the last 11 years, I think we're managing around 11 PC funds to the different sizes uh, focus and always investing very early on startups. We call ourselves first believers, uh, but always that we accelerate we invest. Uh, and then, you know, follow on in, in in the good ones or in the ones that are performing better, uh, but always uh, supporting founders. We have these very founders driven uh, vision and culture uh, at the end of the day, things get impacted because we can work with amazing founders. Right. So that's, I think, what we do.
0: That's amazing. So uh, 11 years, 11 funds and 400 startups, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good summary. Awesome. What are the main regions and verticals that uh, you're looking at?
1: Yeah, we started very much uh, with a focus in Baltics and CE. I would say during the first 6-7 years, 60-70% mm-hmm. of our investments were probably Baltics, Turkey and Ukraine. Uh, I think even until 2018-19. Then, you know, the rest was a bit CE mostly, uh, but you know, always some other countries. Today, we have more than 60 uh, nationalities among the founders. Uh, I would say apart from those five uh, and the continuous support of Central Eastern Europe, we've seen a lot of basically Italian and more and more uh, Spanish and global startups especially. And then in the last two years since we opened the African Fund, there are about 20 investments in East and West Africa, English speaking. Uh, Verticals, we started with, with always B2B sometimes with the B2B to C, but B2B is kind of the core of what we do okay. uh, and what we like. Uh, we started with SAS, so there's a service, then we launched FinTech, then we launched Cyber, then we launched sustainability with a focus on food tech and agri tech. Uh, okay. Then uh, we basically are now launching Proptech, Web3, uh, and then, of course, some of the regional specialization, right? And we also down extended reality, so virtual reality uh, and other elements. Uh, then we about twenty something investments in that field. Uh, so yeah, but like I always said the the vertical focus is key in our strategy, and the be- the best way to get the best founders. I think founders are not going anymore too generic. Uh, but let's say accelerators and investors. They want true specialization and support and networks. Mm. And I think that can only be done on a vertical manner.
0: And for example, for the SAS fund, do you also get uh, uh, do you get the uh, companies only from one region or do you combine the regions in funds? No,
1: no, 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 I think uh, you know, we try to be as global as possible. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's also who can we support, etc. Of course, we have, I would say, 10 countries that would do a lot of proactive reach <laughs> um, but I think it depends a lot on vertical, you know, cyber security is super global, uh, yeah. because also it's a narrower, why B2B SaaS, I would say, you know, is in you know, a Southern Europe, Central Eastern Europe, Baltics, Turkey, Ukraine, are kind of the, 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 the focus there. But you know, surprisingly last But we have two Germans, one Austrian. So again, the specialization and the size of the ticket and the momentum in the market is making us more and more attractive, right? I
0: understand. But where did you start with the Baltic countries?
1: Uh, Well, first my co-founders are Estonian, uh, but I would say (laughs) that, you know, in 2012, uh, basically there was a guy, Mr. Bradford, that was going around, basically, coming with his experience in London, uh, going around Central Eastern Europe, Baltics, Mm -hmm. and telling people who wanted to listen that you wanted to have um, a good country ecosystem development, you needed to have an accelerator. That was one of the key pieces of the puzzle, right? And I think when he, you know, in fact he passed by Lithuania. We started there, I was part of the team who was in Lithuania uh, startup Highway in the same year. And then he went to Estonia and Kerty, my co- my partner, co-founder, took basically the the ball and put together a, a bit of support for the government, a number of entrepreneurs from the region and created the first, let's say, SPB fund, which is kind of close to a million euros fund, 2012. So it's performing above 14X. So it's performing extremely well, uh, but also probably in the time right? So I think that's Estonia. I think there was a momentum, which is probably Estonia was way, because of the exits of Skype, it was uh, there was more liquidity, there was more angel investors, there was more give back, probably yeah. being three to four years and More advanced than any other country in the region, right? So I think that makes it that make it a lot of sense, right? In, the, in that, um, very quickly with the whole e-residence, with the whole positioning as a digital country, it became an attractive country also for non-EU founders to enter the EU, register the companies there, their business, etc. So altogether, even if it was in Estonia, it has a very international outlook. But it made a lot of sense, right? And it remained like that until 2017 that we opened the second city. Right? So for the first five years, we are doing one batch more or less a year. Oh, well. All based okay. in Tallinn. Uh, and from 2016, actually, we expanded first to Riga, tested, worked it out. Then we did Lithuania, and then we had uh, six, seven of the cities over time.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. And now how many batches do you do a year? I think we do
1: about, around 100 investments per year. Um, okay.
0: You know, so that would be something between, I would
1: say, 10 to 12 batches, depending on the sizes. So but I think the number, the last two years, we've done 100 investments per year. This year, we'll see if we ended up between 80 to 100, depending if we have a couple of batches that we don't know yet if we are going to start in November or January. But anyway, our number right now is 100 investment a year. I think we our system is prepared probably to be able to provide the same quality up to 200. But of course, we need to get the momentum on the funding etc. But I would say we can do top quality investments, eh, at at least with a hundred of them, for sure.
0: Has the economic crisis affected you in any way?
1: Well, it's affecting everyone, right? Uh, I think it has positive outlooks and uh, positive impact and negative impact, right? So as with everybody else, it's been very difficult to raise money. Uh, Everybody, especially in this 2023, has been pushing discussions for later. I think the mm. sentence was, let's talk in Q4. It uh, yes. was kind of the sentence that you you keep hearing it with, especially the first four months. Then I think there was a bit of, okay, let's go, let's go. Uh, it's been more difficult for the startups also. Uh, even startups with loss of good performance, indicators traction. Uh, money was, uh, I wouldn't say affected too much the valuations, but affected the speed and the size of the tickets. Mm. Uh, and the, the amount of work they have to do to be able to, to raise the rounds, the time they need to wait to get them. At the same time, uh, you know, we kind of very clear that we needed to make sure that when we invested, companies will have at least 12 months' uh, run rate. So many yes. times it will come with our investment, but it would also add some co-investments. Uh, and that kind of has made the profile of the startups a bit more advanced, uh, the profile of the founders are a bit more uh, mature. So we have today, in, usually I would say three on the 20s, three guys on the 30s, three or four guys on the 40s, right? Uh, so I think that the maturity also of the founder is changing over time and also tied up with having 60-70% uh, of the batch being online, which means that in, okay. if you have family obligations, etc. You can always be six, seven weeks anywhere. But in the past, when it was 22 weeks, it was very demanding on their personal lives to do it, right? So I think that has also changed it. But, but yeah, um, I think over time, the like every other crisis, right?
0: Um, it will be it's also good. an opportunity.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think it's creating more solid businesses. I think everybody's understanding uh, break-even. Uh, I think the solidity of what people is building is is there, right? But of course, when you're going through it, uh, you know, it's not a pleasant journey, right? And, um, and I will, you know, I guess I told you, our system was already prepared this year to absorb probably 130, 140 investments. And because of the, the market, we have to, you know, uh, come down, let's say. It's a pity because, you know, the, the startups are there, the quality is there, but you have the money you have, right? So it is, um, but again, we're building a lot of relationships. I truly think a lot of these, let's talk in Q4 is true i q4 q1 we're building long-term relationships uh, and even if it's taking us longer to raise the money that we expected and way more work i think over time it will pay off right?
0: you mentioned the relationships this is what the book is about networking but we'll talk about that later i wanted to ask you first uh why should investors choose startup wise guys
1: well i think there is a uh, several reasons right i would say one is the our track record shows that uh, we've been able consistently to keep a 3x uh, across any fund. Of course, with some of them, as I told you, we're in 13x, but in a way, it's not just a one-time lucky, that regardless of when we invest, the vintage, the vertical, we have some of the best performing funds uh, in the region. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, because you're too early, you're uh, riskier. I say, well, I also exit faster, right? And I think... There was nobody was really hit. The people that was doing serious investments in two thousand twenty-one, twenty-two, at market high valuations, and now they are like trapped. Basically, we don't have that problem because again, when you invest on in the bottom, you no know, people will invest afterwards, no matter what, right? It's when it's going to be adjusted. Right? So, we say performance is there. Uh, track record. I think also, uh, if you are an investor and you like to you, do your own your, your own deals, uh, you get a, a very nice, large set of uh, startups from us, but then you can go yes. invest in the ones that you like the most, that you understand the most, etc. So we still serve as a filter for more investments. Uh, and of course, I think, you know, we we come with a clear uh, set of impacts on what we do, right? So we want to impact the assistance, the founders, uh, the people, in, you know, we talk about diversity in age, diversity in gender, diversity in international, right? So we said it always starts in a way, as any financial investments, with we actually have a good track record, but I think what we do, we do well, our impact is there, and we try to make the journey fun, right? So I think everything you see, you see as, you know, I think life is also about fun, right? So you, you need to make this part of what you do, right?
0: And uh, what should the investor know before joining a fund?
1: Well, I think they need to understand, well, the concept of Liquidity. Uh, it seems very stupid, but you know, uh, you know, when you're investing in funds, you're looking at five to seven years in which your money is not to be there, right? So you need to make sure that that is okay, right? That this okay. is not something that you need tomorrow, right? Uh, you need to understand also, you know, how to diversify your own investments, either between the funds you choose or between the composition of the of the portfolio that you choose. So you know, I just had someone say, "Oh, reach out to asset." Oh, maybe we're looking at your fund. And then he tells me that he's going to invest in two funds from the same country. And I even told him, you understand that you invest in the same companies twice because (laughs) you invest in the first stage and the second stage, right, but it's the same companies, right? So you need to understand is what, how do you want to set up basically uh, your portfolio, right? And, uh, And diversifying either verticals, either stages, either the ticket sizes, and also you want to be a passive and active investor, right? So uh, active investors, I think for us works very well because, again, we put the portfolio uh, in front of them to co-invest with us. Uh, and you know, and also if you're, for example, an Indian investor, uh, let's say in Romania, you probably have a great access to the, the deal flow in Romania, but you don't get deal flow in the other countries, right? So you can do your own direct investments probably in Romania because you know the market, you have references, but you can complement it with a fund like ours who gives you the diversification, right? So I think that's also important. And I think you need to build a relationship with the fund managers, right? So you need to share values. You need to like them personally. Now, again, the, the, the typical trick of, you know, say if you will get lost in an, in an airport for four hours in a bar where you like to be talking for four hours to these people, right? And at the end of the day, I think, I still think that it's a very valuable uh, filter. At the end of the day, you meet, this is people you're going to be in some type of relationship for five, seven years, if not ten years. right? So you need to like what they do. Right? You need to trust them, you need to like them, you need to want to spend time with them. And I think that's also very relevant. right?
0: You said it very well. You convinced me. I was curious to know if you can share with us what is the minimum ticket for an investment, investor joining the fund?
1: It depends on the funds. To tell you the truth, I would say the majority of the regulated funds uh, right now, uh, the minimum ticket is 100K. Okay. uh, And that's basically a legal requirement. We have a number of funds uh, because we made them smaller, below 7.5 million, uh, which is African cybersecurity that we're taking tickets of 25, 50K. Uh, So, you know, and that we try to also that way cutter. Of course, we have done in some points some SPVs. So specifically Mm -hmm. to bring investors who invested with the smaller tickets in previous funds, and as the ticket gets bigger, uh, they might not be able to join the fund, and we love that people who has been with us on the whole journey, we don't want this to be, so we have to get always an SPB vehicle, and also with our own employees investing the funds through these vehicles, right, because we want them also to to have something at the stake uh, and, and an upside also, right?
0: That's great. And on the other side, i love to know why should founders to startup voice, guys, how is it uh, different from other accelerators? I think is
1: well, first, we care, right? And I think uh, um, And we care in our model. So, if you look at a VC, right, and then we can go to accelerator, but you know, VC w- wins with the winners, right? So, very quickly, within even sometimes six, nine months, says, ah, you're not performing w- too well. So, that's it. You know, please send me a report, but don't bother me, a way, right? Because the model is based on, based on 20 and two or three are going to be the winners and that's it, right? Uh, I call our model the middle class, right? Because uh, the high class takes care of itself. The, 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 ten, the top 10% will be invested by other funds who follow those guys, right? Yes. But it's the middle class that others will say, ah, that we really work. So if you take that 50% and you are able to model 50% to perform, the financial returns is much more spread, but also those people are going to back, go back to their markets and be a role model, right? Finally, you have way many small status. You know, they exit at five mil, you say, ah, five million that's a piece of crap. Well, that's a 10 to 20x if we invested early, and those guys will do it again, will do it better, we will also put some money probably in the fund, in ours, in some others, and will be, you know, so I think that's that's very important. And I think that mentality that we transmit to founders, I think is very important. We care about, you know, we say in our purpose, we want them to make international sustainable, uh, businesses, right? And by sustainable, is things that can, over time, it. Now, yes, of course, if there is sustainability, impact is amazing. But sustainable means you don't need just funding to, to grow. You, you know how to create a business that can create on their own, right? And that's the mentality we teach in the, and we coach in the accelerator, right? I think the, the, the of course, I always say to people, I talk to their founders to see, I don't need to sell it, talk to others to see what they think. You know, I am the CEO and I still dedicate 10 days in each accelerator. I go there, I do a marketing union sprint. I really get there because again, we want to know these people. I think most accelerators, once they start as the leader accelerator, it's like, good luck, Yes. Uh, let me know, right? And that's not the case <laughs> for us. We, we continue, we do portfolio reporting. We continue reading the updates. We continue doing intros. We continue doing that. And when things are tough, I always have this saying, we've made these videos always at the end of the accelerator, I said, hey, when things go wrong, Call us, right? But when things go well, call us also. So don't forget that when, you know, the ACEL and the index uh, invest on you, that we were the first one who believed on you, right? When nobody believed, we we're the first believers. And, you know, sometimes I get very, episode when I see this fund that says, oh, supported by ACEL Index, I said, why are well, you not putting up our name? Why well, are not good <laughs> enough now? The other side are fancier, right? Um, yes. And there is a, a level of recognition in Europe, like, This is not cool to be a an accelerator, or whatever, And um, to me is the most amazing job uh, and the most amazing impact that we have. Uh, to me, is this, and then trying to personalize. Of course, we we have a program and it has standards, but we try to personalize. The I always said, you know, we want to be the largest boutique accelerator in the world. Right? Means, you know, the biggest volume, but always knowing what the founders, how can we support them? What's their business? At least having one GP and a managing director who can dedicate time to them individually and made them grow, not only as the company, but as leaders. Now, we said so we help founders, you know, become entrepreneurs. And that is because there is a personal evolution, a leadership evolution in those founders, right?
0: I love your mindset. I, I super appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love to know the most important trait for a founder, in your opinion. So.
1: There are different <laughs> different points. I would say resilience is the word that comes lately a lot. And I think it's because uh, what's happening in the market is, I think, a distinguishing the true entrepreneurs, right? So, you know, we get sometimes this suppose, oh, I'm running out of money next month. If you don't raise race, I will fold the company. It's sad to me that, right? And, you know, and I understand that at some point you, you might have to fold the company. Right? But at the same time I said, I don't have any money. I will find solutions, right? And of course, maybe you try five, six times. And so one thing is you don't quit because you don't have money. You quit because there is no pull market feed you people well three times and you realize this is not working this is something. But you don't quit because you don't have money, right? So that, that resilience, that persistence to me is fundamental. And a trait that is related to that is probably that is people that is purpose driven, right? So there is a very, very inner a core need of what they're doing. So this is, they understand the why, right? And doing this because something in, in a way matters for them. And matters way beyond money, matters way beyond ego, way beyond recognition, right? It's, I want to solve this problem. I'm passionate about this, okay? So you put these things together, you know, passion, persistence, resilience, I think makes the cocktail uh, on, on these on, on this three, right?
0: Amazing, I want to add something here, when I signed the contract shares for uh, TechPon, me and Alex were in a room and he told me, Christian, I promise you that even if the car uh, uh, crashes into me, I'll still continue doing TechPon because I love what I do, uh, I don't care about money, I'm passionate, I'll never give up and uh, I, I, I don't say just as a motivation to get you on board, but it's true and no matter what challenges we face, we'll still continue and go on and uh, try to solve it and in the end, we'll find a solution. So." I, I love that. Yeah,
1: yeah, I always say that, you know, I always talk to that, to my other partner, um, you know, we've been many summers in in tough situations and we says, we find a solution. And we always have a solution, right? It's just, you know, how much hair you're going to lose on finding the solution <laughs> and how much sleep you're going to, to lose finding the solution. But I think also as, you know, call it getting older or being wiser. I think you also try to re-relativize the issues, right? And you realize, you know, it, you know uh, most of them, they're solvable. Of course, you know, sometimes you have to delay payments, tip the entrepreneur does, right? Take it from one account, put it in another one, recycle, move it, etc. And you kind of feel bad about it. So that's, that's what it is, right? And, and we'll get out of it, right? Um, and, and, and the key reason is because you're doing it for the right reason. you are not doing it to trick the system or to cheat yourself. Yes. Or the truth is because you want to find a solution because Again, you want to succeed. Uh, and you want to succeed bringing your people with you because I think this is a key thing usually you find most of the entrepreneurs. The team is fundamental part of, the The, 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 the team matters more than almost themselves, right? Uh, you know, and this to say when there is salary delays, we get paid at least. And the, the book that says, you know, uh, CEOs eat lunch last, right? And I don't know if CEOs found it, but, exactly. but it's true. Yes. You, you know, I remember my kids saying, Oh, you know the the the, yeah, the boss the CEO so, you know, you do what uh, you don't serve anyone. I said, no, the opposite. We serve everyone because you know we serve our customers, we serve uh, our employees, we serve our stakeholders. We have to serve, right? Uh, you know, I think it's very important to to understand
0: this, right? Exactly. There's also a book book called uh, Leaders It Last. I love it. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. Um, I'd love to dive into uh, building the team. But before that, I have one more question regarding founders. What do you think are the top three mistakes that they do? The most common mistakes. I think is.
1: Not developing the, the co-founders relationship uh, deep enough before launching the product. Right. What I mean is that you need to build a company, not build the product. Um, and this is goes beyond the complementary skills of co-founders, but is aligning on purpose and values on vision about what do we want to do. I think there's too many people who rush into building before right, before building the company, right? And there's something that we talk to them and like you need to build the company, right? Um, the second one is the I think they lie to themselves too often, right? I think people people create expectations that are not real, right? And oh this is going to happen and then this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And the moment one falls, everything falls, right? So I think it's about uh, setting expectations right, and one of them is specifically funding, right? It's about you know, oh, I love this. Oh, I'm going to go full time when, when when I get funding, and I said, so so I have to believe before you do it because you only do it with money. So like, how can you? Oh, but you know, and I said, sorry, <laughs> how can you think we we you we can work like this, right? So I think that's the the second one. Uh, and the and the third one, yeah, it's probably not enough data, right? It's is always making assumptions without enough data, and specifically data from uh, from customers, right? From users, right? Now, funny, one of my sales GPs always says, "As the they oh we have this traction, we have this says Do you know why your customers are buying your product? Oh, you know, uh, I say no, no." no. I'm not asking you to make an assumption. Are you asking them? Why are they buying your product and not buying another product? Right? And it's amazing how many of them they even ask. Right? So I think oh. is you need to leverage data. I think there is too many assumptions made out of assumptions, uh, and I think there is a need for way more backup research, customer asking constantly, constantly, constantly. So I think I see this mistake made very, very often. And maybe allow me to follow you. You ask for three is thinking that past success is going to be future success. And meaning from, you know, let's, let's talk about funding rounds, but just to give you, yes, you did very well to get to pre-seed. Oh, now I have the same recipe for the seed round. I said, no, 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 now you have a different company, right? You have different growth levels. You have different amount of employees. You have different processes, you have different tools, and then you get to see and you're reinventing again the company, right? Because to keep it growing at that rate, everything needs to change, right? And to me, this is one of the biggest surprises I was like, past success doesn't ensure anything. It has ensure that you were good at the previous stage. You need to prove now that you are good, uh, or if you're not good, that you put the right people to do it rightly, and you're also able to step on the side if that's the case, right? And I think this is surprisingly how people think that doesn't understand this part of the journey, that the journey has many different evolutions. And you will have to reinvent the company three or four times with this process, right?
0: That's super valuable. Thank you. Uh, what are the top three most successful investment made by startups guys?
1: <sighs> oh, I think we can talk at least about one. So Ready Player Me, you know, who is today uh, very much into the, No, I think he probably will reach a unicorn status next year. I think it's, it's an amazing story of three kids on 17 years old uh, that, you know, that uh, basically uh, we're talking about virtual reality in 2017, right now. Sorry, 2015. Right? Well, wow. people, what is virtual reality, right? Today, it's, uh, right? it's amazing, et cetera. <laughs> and, you know, and they were uh, bankrupt, basically, five out of the first five years. And there was always something... That they invented, reinvented the people three times, etc. Of course, they were very young. But to me it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing story. Uh, right now, with you know, for us, we have partially exited part of this, but we're still there. Also, still uh, having a lot of upside on them. And this one one of our fans is, is crazy in the upside uh, so far, right? So I think they're uh, an amazing, an amazing story. Uh, I think today we have probably factory. Uh, on on that trajectory, we invested three Estonian guys, also very, very uh, early 18, 19, 20 at that time, uh, oh. doing, uh, doing extremely well, you know, going past series right now, but again, they're, with their own struggles, you know, passing these things. um, And then, you know, I said they're not the best, but there's a couple of other stories, I think, that we have, um. I don't know, we have a, a team, uh, Mattia, uh, in 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 Italy, you know, they've gone from 30k to almost 110k MRR growth in six months. Okay, um, wow. A lot, a lot to go still, but to me being an example from Italy, I think is is, is amazing. Uh, um, you know, probably the vocal image, the, the Belarusian guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that last year we're winning all the competitions, you know, again, you know, still a lot very, very long way to go and very early still on year two. But it's in a but it's amazing how they keep growing, they keep growing, they keep growing. And it's amazing to see them too as a pair. I think they're trying never not to go for the for the CSA and probably they will get there at some point this year, right? Uh, but again, you have four hundred and forty, right? I would say I could name at least fifty cases apart from the 30 nexus that we already have that today that are close to my heart and that there is very good opportunities to call each other success, right? So, but you know,
0: time will tell. Probably the most well-known is Bolt. Why did you decide to invest in uh, Bolt?
1: Well, well, we we did uh, accept Bolt. We invested a bit later on them, Uh, you know, we knew the funders very well. There was an opportunity through a secondary to enter into, into them. They were already a unicorn when we invested. Um, but we saw that it could be six, seven times today. I think we're doing 7X still on them, even if oh. we invested in as, a, as a Unicom. And, uh, um, you know, one of our uh, venture partners is actually the number two in the company now. So, so you know, we, we knew the caliber of the people that they keep hiring, that the brothers keep hiring, you know, to grow, right, to meet us. Uh, and they have always have a super smart uh, strategy uh, overall, right? And so it's been surprising how how smart the strategy and the different evolutions,
0: right? Now, more on the team side, I'd love to know how big is your team, your total team, and how did you build it from scratch?
1: We have about 50 people, and then we have about 10, 12 uh, general partners. So we say, all in all, about 60 people. We have in peaks about 70, we went down a little bit um, and rethinking, how do we grow a team? Um, how do you build it? I, you know, I'm always looking for talent, right? So I always say to, to, I give one of the, when i talking about the Perform uh, book, and like, if I give a workshop with a story and to the founders in the first weeks, uh, I do the roles awesome and responsibilities. And I said, I always, I recommend that you need to know what your next five, six, seven hires, right? And you need to keep always stuck of people, that you're meeting over time so that this is a good guy this is a good girl this is because you cannot be recruiting when you need to recruit you need to be recruiting before especially exactly. because when you try to recruit top people they're not going to be able to pay them what the market usually pays them or there will be somebody offering them more money right so you need to be get, then getting falling in love with 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 your adventure with your with the company right and i think that's a lot of what we do right and then of course you know happy people or satisfied people or challenge people is always recommends amazing people from the networks uh, to join that has always been and this is probably one of the reasons why some point we have so many women in the team because they were recommending other amazing women etc right and to but we also really spend time on a culture basically fit right so understanding that there is a culture fit uh, with everybody that's why it's very important to bring people early on maybe do projects, invite them to events, mentor, coach, uh, you know, this is why we have so many coffees, right? i probably talk about more about <laughs> this one. i, know. I always having coffees, right? I always do it. But you have a coffee with me, we'll hire you. you, just don't know when, right? Uh, but again, you almost, I was talking to, you know, I was in this young, young uh, junior achievement conference, and this guy comes to talk to me, he said, oh, how do you do this? How do you hire? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm always keeping a top of these young people. I met my right hand and we talk about the story. You met Dilly, the same thing. We met him when he was in the first, I think, second year of university, right? I remember both me and Rasmus says, this kid has talent. This is is talent on the making, right? And we just keep a tap on the guy, um, you know, uh, until there was the right moment. Right? And, and, you know, the right moment, we, we flow him in. We asked him to spend a week with us. We were having a management retreat. He came in, rolled his sleeves, entered in the co- in the kitchen with me, start cooking. I said, "Okay, this guy fits." So, um, <laughs> that is this culture fit and this continuous search for talent uh, that you need to keep going. Right?
0: What is the startup voice, guys culture?
1: Founders driven, uh, international, diverse, uh, always having an aspect on on fun. Having uh, an element of respect uh, an execution driven through uh, professionalism, right? Uh, we kind of, in a way, went through, a, you know, a, um, I would say a revamp on our values, not because we changed them, but actually, you know, because we kind of said, you know, people, people is living it. But when you were asking them, well, what were our values? What are we doing? It was difficult. Maybe they were too complex, right? So we kind of in a way went into, okay, how do we do it? And today we said we are you know, passion. I think that's the right, right? Courage to, to do things differently, to not stay, you know, to be business focused and make the decisions as well, you know? Integrity, which we put in our interpersonal relations, right, in the, in the team focus and fun, right? Everything has to be at the end of the day fun, right? If not, uh, why would you do it, right? uh, Life is too short, right? So, within think those four things very much summarizes uh, what is our our culture. But again, with the touches of our first believers, right? Our Founders, 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 right?
0: Thank you, thank you. Uh, and from your team, how do you choose who to trust and who to give more opportunities and uh, responsibilities?
1: I think you, you start with 100% trust with everybody, right? I don't, uh, you know, and this is a discussion we have many times with Eastern Europeans, coming probably a lot from the Soviet impact on how they were raised and the, yes. you don't trust anyone, right? Yes. Way, right? And to me, I always say, but I don't ha- life is too short. I don't I don't have 10 years to build the trust, right? So I say to people, I start with 100% trust, right? Uh, and it's for you to take it and take it to the next level or for you to, to take advantage of that, but then, you know, so I think you 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 first trust everyone. Uh, and opportunities, you know opportunities and this is one of my obsessions about growth. I always say to people in like the only way to keep giving people opportunities is to grow the company, right? Uh, and then I think we do it by having the courage, having the courage to put people who is willing to take challenges in things they haven't done, right? So I'm being moving people constantly in different roles. I always try to first recruit internally before going outside to recruit. I always you know, um, keep asking people what you want to do, what is interesting, etc. Um, and I think that happens, right? But also sometimes like, when opportunities arise and when company needs arise, there's people who step up and right? said this is not maybe what they like to do the most, but I understand this is what the company needs and they step up and do it, right? And I think that speaks very highly of these people and makes you invest more into the future. So, okay, thanks for stepping up. But now what do you really want to do? Right. And trying to find ways to to give people elements of that growth uh, through the choices and through the opportunities. Right.
0: I'm super excited to meet your team in Bilbao. I'm sure they're super happy (laughs) with this culture. How did you decide Uh, you need the right hand and why?
1: Well, I think I I need a support. Uh, I was doing everything. I think we have this PA right hand opening in our Excel for, for two years. But I was always saying, okay, I can I can handle it a bit more and just let somebody else, it yeah, was always by a constraint, right? And I always wanted to uh, to have somebody else, right? So uh, support somebody else. But it was clear that I could do way more by having so- somebody who could actually be by my side helping, right? From uh, small details to big details, also. Um, but I think it was also a matter of finding the right person, right? So I think we were never in the, you know, we're always looking. And maybe I. one of my team members, members went on maternity leave. On the way back, I actually offered her to take the, a PA role. Uh, I have a very good friend. Was had a huge potential also, but, you know, we have a big personal relationship and it was a bit kind of risky, maybe it wasn't to work, etc. But then I think that, again, when you found the right person, there was no doubt, It was in fact, we took the decision on Billy in March and then he only started in July, right? Because we said, hey, go and finish the school. Uh, enjoy that until the end, and then you f- fully focus on this, right? We didn't say, us oh, start working part-time. The only thing we did was come in in March and spend one week with us. So we made the decision if we want to work together. Uh, but if we do, then we say, finish of things and start off. So we waited, right? And I waited, right? So to me, I needed for a long time, but I was willing to wait for the right person and for the right moment. Absolutely. Because once you do, again, you're going to put uh, all your trust in this person. And I think, and you know it's, it's also your case right uh, you know we, you, we're bringing you guys along to every discussion right so there is a and you guys are there are very young right so you have a level of maturity i think to understand that you're hearing things that you should not be hearing let's say and yes. keep it to yourself in a yes. way because you know everybody in companies knows that you know way more than anybody else right and i think that comes that comes with a responsibility and a level of maturity uh, which is, itself makes you mature faster because you're having that opportunity, right? And that experience, right? And Absolutely. I think the, that level of trust uh, that you're building, but again, you're obviously gaining more, but we trust you from the beginning. So it is, a, let me glean you into a couple of thoughts and then I see, you no, know, it's like coming in whatever we need. Of course, you know, sometimes I meet with my partners and I ask them, do you mind if I bring Billy, right? So sometimes you have to respect some sometimes say, well, maybe I don't want to have somebody else in the room, right? Uh, but it's never coming from me that I'm going to limit this right? So I think it's finding the right person, the right time, uh, and will put, put all the elements there. And there was something that I always told Billy it's like I will bring you with me to many things, but I also win with giving you a specific projects that you, you feel own that you own it, right? Yes. So you also finish things, right? So you know, in your the case you're doing the podcast, for example, Billy's doing the Bilbao, the getaway. Uh, that is almost a one year project, right? End to end. And he's the maximum responsible of that, right? With the, It comes with accountability, ownership, and accountability, right? But I think he's, he's managing to see these end to end things that also give you this sense of achievement, right? That I think is very important,
0: right? Wonderful, amazing, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, h- how big is the Startup Wise Guys Network and why is it so important for you guys?
1: Well, you know, it's 440 startups, it's about 800 founders, you know, five five hundred mentors in total, a hundred coaches that we use right now. I don't know, hundreds of LPs. Um I think the network is everything, but right? at the end of the day. I remember there was um a good friend of mine who was running the world, a guy called Patrick Morg. His father was the one of the top guys in PepsiCo for years, you know. Has an amphib with his father's name on it, right? And uh, you know, he's Belgian but uh, because his father keeps with to country speaks five languages, six languages at some point, he became the CMO Google Play that he kind of claimed to fame, let's say. Uh, but he's a motivational speaker. And, and he was saying that they, is MBA a thing of the past, right? And the one thing that says that some MBAs are worth it is because of the network, right? Because they are going to give you access to people uh, that you don't uh, in different ways, right? And to me, that's the importance of networks is the, the reciprocity of them. So I always said, you know, I'm, you know, there was this very good book from Kit Ferrazzi, you know, about, you know, never eat alone, right? And it says, you know, you need to give to the network and the network will give you back. To you directly or to somebody in your network that will give something to your network, right? But yes. you always need to be asking people, how can I help you? Uh, no no how can you help me, right? And when you help, ninety percent of people help back. And if they don't, that's fine. That's you know that people doesn't belong to the network, right? Uh, and to me, this is the the power of networks, right? And I think this is what we do the getaway because obviously, you know, it's okay to send emails and to be connected, but when people make those personal connections, the the leveling which afterwards, they're willing to go the extra mile when they are giving. Hey, can you do me an intro? And you are loaded have have things, but you put a time of quality to make that intro to follow up in that intro, right? Uh, that counts for the power of networks. To me, and I don't think there is in Eastern Europe. Uh, Central Eastern Europe, uh, Baltics, uh, p- such a powerful network. I think if you look at the US, if you look at the UK, you look at you know uh, Europe with INSEAD, with LBS, with IMD, there's some like of these very powerful, uh, maybe Bocconi, but more Italian, but it's still powerful networks. But if you look at, uh, there was not this kind of Eastern European business schools, right? So I think, and these countries, because of where they're coming from, right? There was not this long uh, tradition. So I think building this network like this alumni uh, network like is, uh, is a fundamental value. And I to people like, you don't appreciate this and probably you don't. Now you're talking about the brand and you're looking about investment, but this might be 10 years on the line, the most powerful thing you got, right? And I, I think, by the way, I think we're 25% of the value extraction or that we have in the networks. I think we haven't started and I think we haven't <laughs> even yes. figured out Patience. how to give. Yeah, well, I think, you know, for example, the, the the interest to venture capital firms, right? I think that we do well. We develop in long-term mm-hmm. relationships. The uh, people appreciate it, et etc. So that, but I think the rest we haven't crafted yet, right? And I think we will craft over time. Uh, this, right?
0: What would be your best piece of advice for a founder looking to build their network, his network? Give, give, give to, to others.
1: Yes. Understand what you can do for others instead of what you can do for yourself, right? So I think, I think it's being very clear about what you give and what you need, right? So I think, oh, I want some intros. And I like, intros of what? What do you mean by intros? <laughs> intros from banks, who in the bank, from where, how? But do you, are you clear, right? So to me, it's, it's about being very clear about what you can give. Uh, it's about be generous with, with the network and then be very clear of what you want or what you need and have a plan so how to get there, right? So again, I, I don't like funding as a as an example, overall, but I say, hey, I need to do CSA funding in 18 months. So you need to start today working on making those relationships, uh, being connected with key people in that country, in those firms, in their portfolio for those companies, right? Uh, because you cannot do it when time comes, you have to do the work before, right? So to me, it's also this planning capability is also very important, right?
0: This is the first thing that uh, Alex taught me to give to others. And I was shocked because before I thought, uh, watching the internet, I thought that uh, the most successful people were the egotistical ones who only kept things to, to himself. And he told me, no, the most successful people are those who help others without expectations. And uh, of course, it will uh, come back for for them. But uh, yeah, there is this, 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 famous,
1: this famous line, He said, oh, can you do me an intro to this very famous guy? Yes. He said, like, oh, I'm, I'm keeping that for me. <laughs> And, and I see that so many times, right? So no, 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 because if you do that into to a guy and that guy said, oh, that into you make me do that. Was, those guys were excellent. You know, I really love the conversation. He said, they will want more, right? So to me, it's also your capacity to, to, to know the people in your network, to know what they like, what they value, what they can give, right? So to me, it's about, you need to make deeper connections, right? And, and deeper connections, need time, right, and to me an understanding, right, so you know, I, I'm always surprised how many times I meet some of my founders and say, fuck, I still don't know uh, the family, right so I was with one of my founders that, you know, we've been working now for four years almost He's okay. been, you know, probably successful 600k, 700k, MRR it has been rough, boom, boom, boom but you know, hey, the guy's pretty close to make 10 million, so hey, kudos, okay. somehow I have I didn't know how many kids he had and <laughs> in, in fact, you know his divorce the, the first two kids live in Spain of all places oh my god yeah I didn't even know that the the third one and we were talking about his family setup etc but again it all started by asking hey hey how many kids you have or what do they leave you need to care right so you you, you don't you're not in that meeting to get something out of him you you're there because you, you like the person you want to know the person right and when you you don't know these things you know, it goes, I think, a long way, right? We say, I saw a picture of your kid, yeah, I saw you graduated, wow, congratulations, blah, blah, like, You deeply care. And you know, most people, this is families, hobbies, is passions, right? And you de- really understand these things. I think it goes a long way to, to make these deeper connections, right?
0: For anybody that's listening and wants to learn more about your mindset and loves it as much as I do, I super recommend the book, your book, Perform. <laughs> I read it in a week or so, uh, I absolutely loved it and I'm a bit jealous that I didn't find it three years ago when I was starting out to learn about business because it takes you from scratch and I love how you combine the personal development to to startup success. So that's fantastic. That's I love cute. to hear... know,
1: uh, we're doing an update, so hopefully before Christmas <laughs> we have. Yeah. The new book okay. plus, yeah, we are basically launching the new book that is related to this one but it's basically kind of a standalone book. But at the same time, we are updating this one because it's now four years. So I think there's a lot of examples that can be updated. The world has changed a little bit with remote. So while we keep, I would say the presentations that we do, the material that we do uh, uh, up to date, I think the book, little by little, is getting a bit outdated, right? So on the examples, on the things, on the companies. So we're going to make an effort to to put it back into action uh, and then, you know, refresh it a little bit. And then, you know, so, so that they, launch a new book and within a month or two make a Christmas bundle uh, with them two together, so that's kind of the plan right now.
0: Super excited for that. I have two questions left. Firstly, I'd love to hear how you started your career. Basically, your whole story. What yeah, well...
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's... I always wanted to be a basketball player, let's put it this way. Uh, I always wanted to do international business. Um, somehow, I think there was only one year that I thought I maybe doing mathematics, but because it was related to IT and it was kind of the IT was kind of the beginning of the, the whole thing, right? So always kind of IT technology was always interesting. So to me, this was kind of the two things I think drove the whole thing, right? So I played basketball, I went to the US to play basketball, I play basketball professionally, but it was very okay. clear cool to me that, you know, I'm not too tall. So there will, there will be some time that it will be a, 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 a roof of how far, unless I was super lucky to be always in the right place at the right time, which usually is really, never the, the, the case, right? At some point, you are not. Uh, so to me, it was this idea about, you know, international. So I joined Accenture, it was called Anderson Consulting at the time, uh, because, you know, I thought it was a very good work ethics. It was international mindset. It was related to technology, But right? I always wanted to do an MBA. I remember, you know, one of my best friends who starts on GP now in West guys? Uh, saw me the first, my first day that I went to Accenture, you know, we're working in a bank, making 3.11 windows, you know, blue, so blue uh, screens. And I came up with a Michael Porter book on a strategy, five, uh, the five piece. Right. I said, what the hell are you doing with that? He said, no, I'm going to do an MBA. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I, so we always joke with each other, like, in you know, a three years, I said, yeah, I'm not doing an MBA am doing one of the top world MBAs. Right. So to, back to me, that was also part of the plan always. Uh, and then, you know, I was in JP Morgan. I was in with Accenture in Turkey, but it was always this international element. And then quickly, the whole wireless uh, space uh, caught my eye as something super exciting. So the four years I was working at a consulting firm in Cluster, the like Cluster, National Ben Wyman. It was traveling all around. I was in Brazil, India, Belgium, France. I think it was 13 different uh, Czech, that I've worked in Czech some years later because of that engagement, right? Um, so there was always this international mindset that I felt very comfortable with and I felt that, that was that was the space in which I could provide differentiation. And back of my mind, even at said, I almost went I almost went right after said to do the first wireless incubator. And that was 2000. Right? So imagine wireless incubator was a web phone with three lines, right? Doing SMSs, right? But I already have there very clear also entrepreneurial mindset that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Right? So I yeah. I want to be a CEO, I want to be an entrepreneur, I want to be international, I want to play basketball. And I think those four themes have continued uh, over my career in the different choices uh, that I have made together with impossible is nothing uh, and nobody can tell me what I cannot do, right? So I will always try, I will break the rules. Sometimes it has fatal consequences. Uh, sometimes it has amazing, amazing learnings uh, from the experience, right?
0: Fantastic. Last question. What would be your best piece of advice for a starting twenty-year-old, or what you wish you'd known at twenty?
1: Uh, yeah, they asked me
0: this question. Uh, <laughs> this is also a personal question for me, but uh <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, you know, I I tell you something very personal. You know, I lost I lost my first kid, right? I lost Madeline after two months. She was born with a severe heart issue. Um, you know, and I don't think that it transformed it. Did not transform me, but to me, it's about don't take anything for granted, right? Especially the good things in life, right? And I th- I think I know it already back then. Uh, but to me, that's always been part of, you know, carpe diem uh, in this spirit of about, you know, don't take, you know, I have lost. One of my best friends died when I was 32 in a car accident. So, you know, a lot of said, death has been around you more than usual uh, over time, right? Especially your age. Now you're getting older than some people. but but to me it makes you reflect eh, about it, right? So I will I accept do 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 with your heart say this right, right? Um but I think I, I done it, right? So I would say, you know, I think as I always kind of joke that it was only one professional experience that I will redo it. The rest I won't because the the biggest failure, which was my first startup after three and a half years, did a series A two thousand seven when nobody even knew what series A was, right? Um, it taught me the most of everything. And even my ex-wife told me in the first day, you know, you're going to finish this startup fighting with this co-founder, and it's going to all to the beam. But I will not change it. It taught me everything that I applied afterwards, right? So it was one, one experience, and it was down to culture. I did not understand the culture. I made hypotheses on the culture. And if I would have done the same work, but with a different approach on the culture, I think we have been way more successful. But uh, and then you know, you value your people. You know, I think also the personal side. You know, be honest to yourself. Uh, try to be value your people as much as possible. But right? so uh, again, the advice is almost about you know just do what you're going to do. Do not have any regrets. Just have learnings of where things go wrong, right? And and you, you are much stronger than you think, of you will, you will recover for the biggest setbacks in your life. Uh, but don't take anything for granted: your parents, your family, the success, your partner, your, your partners. You no, know, don't don't take anything for granted, and uh, yeah, nurture them. Uh, be grace gracious about it. you have such amazing people around you in life. I think this yes. is a, this is something that you know I. I cherish over time, even when some relationships ended up wrong or didn't get to, to what I wanted. I always say, you know, hey, well, having you in my life memories is something that I would cherish for life, right? And sometimes makes you choke and almost cry uh, thinking about it.
0: Yeah, we ended on a deep, uh, deep uh, tone, <laughs> but uh, let's let's end it on a, on a happy, happy ending. Uh, thank you so much for joining. I'm super grateful. You did fantastic. I, I super appreciate you. I love your mindset. I love your uh, your company. It's it's amazing. And thank you for accepting this opportunity. I'm super grateful.
1: Thank you for having me, Christian. Uh, looking forward to to also for the networking book, uh, you know, be part of it, but also to read uh, your learnings, your experiences there. And I think this is a, a topic that never gets old. And there's always things to learn, right? So looking forward.
0: Thank you so much.